The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Thou shalt keep them, O Lord, thou shalt preserve them from this generation forever. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Welcome to another program with Truths to Live By, a ministry of Harriman Baptist Tabernacle in Harriman, Tennessee. You're listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. I pray we would be a blessing to you today. With our Bibles open again to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, we want to pick up our reading in verse 23 today after a word of prayer. Father, I come now in Jesus' name, thanking you for this time together in the Word of God, thanking you for your great love displayed upon Calvary's tree, where Christ suffered and became the sins of the whole world that he might make propitiation before the Father. Thank you for the blood that washes away our sins, makes us just before the Lord. We love you now and ask for your strength and grace for the preaching time. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now we've come to 1 Corinthians 9, verse 23. And this verse closes our thought concerning the servant of God and his preaching. Paul made his appeal in the first couple of verses in this chapter, and then he gave an answer to them that did examine him. As we considered the last thought, the life of the minister and his preaching, we saw this to be a life filled with preaching and a life filled with people. Now today in verse 23, it is a life filled with priority. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Paul had a reason to withhold from himself the right of financial support. He was a man of principle. Paul was a man of priorities. And there are some things in the Christian life that are good things, but not the best things. In other words, according to the words of Philippians chapter 1 verse 10, we must learn as the children of God to approve things that are excellent and so strive to be sincere and without offense in our life 
and in our labor for the Lord. One such approved excellent thing in the life of Paul became a personal priority with him for the gospel's sake. This is not only a good thing, but this is the best thing. This is an excellent thing. We must all have a heart and life that bears the marks of the cross. Have we been branded by Christ and His cross? Do we fully belong to Him? Are we living our lives for the gospel's sake? If so, there should be no reason that we are not partaker with the people to whom we minister. If the man of God gives himself fully and fervently for the gospel's sake and for the sake of the ministry of the word of God and prayer, and he feeds the flock of God, then he should be partaker. There is reason for this preacher to be partaker with the people to whom he ministers. Paul was not living for their support, nor was he living to reap the carnal necessities of life. He was living for the Lord Jesus and giving his life for the sake of the gospel of their salvation. The preacher's reason, this I do for the gospel's sake. The people's response. Paul said, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Now this church is carnal in Corinth, and there are many carnal churches today, but the people's response to the preacher who truly lives his life for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the word of the Lord, they should heartily and readily respond with giving and providing for his needs. Paul had made himself all things to all men, and he walked and worked among them as a servant, and a servant therefore of Christ is a servant to all men, that he might by all means save some. He should therefore have been able to partake of the blessings of their lives as Christians and as a church. And in that great day when both Paul and these saints would stand before the judgment seat of Christ, Paul wanted to partake with them then and there. Again, we see a man with priorities. He kept his eye upon Christ, upon the cross, upon the coming of Jesus Christ and the crown that he was striving for. Brethren, do we have such eternal values and verities driving our steps forward and onward for the glory of our Lord and Savior? Jesus Christ. And now, to close this chapter, we see the analogy. The Spirit of God directs Paul to the use of metaphors many times in his writings. We see the picture of one contending for the prize in the athletic games as both a runner and a fighter. It gives us an accurate picture of the life and labor of the gospel minister and in fact of any servant of the Lord whose life is given for the sake of Jesus Christ and His gospel. Should not all of our lives be lived with such priorities? Absolutely. And God forbid that we should fail to do so and be so. 
first the prize to obtain. Verse 24, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. There are two things that come to mind here, the race and the prize. We are running a race, no doubt. Compare with Hebrews 12. And since we're running in a race, we ought to be pressing for the prize. Compare with Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Paul would say, so run. So run so as to obtain the prize. Every ounce of strength, every ounce of energy should be put forth as we press for the prize in the race of the Christian life. The prize to obtain calls for a price to be paid. Verse 25, And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. We think of the agony of the Christian life. Every man that striveth. This phrase means to compete for a prize, and it would mean and give forth the picture to contend even with an adversary. There must be an endeavor then to accomplish something. Brethren, the agony of the Christian life is to fight the good fight of faith, is to press earnestly, fervently, with every fiber of our being toward the goal. The abstinence of the Christian life. He that strives for the mastery is temperate in all things. To be temperate is to exercise self-restraint. The word here means to be strong in a thing, to be masterful. Who's the master of your life? Is Christ your master? And do you master through his strength, the old man? There are certain things that we are to abstain from if we would successfully run the Christian race. The best and only way to be a self-controlled man, temperate in all things, is to be a spirit-controlled man. To be filled with the Holy Ghost and bear the fruit of the Spirit, Ephesians 5, verse 18, Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23. The prize to obtain calls for a price to be paid that reminds us of the purpose to pursue. Verse 25 again, Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. We are pursuing the prize, brethren. We are running in the race. There's an incorruptible crown awaiting those who cross the finish line fervently. Those who run earnestly, we're not serving in uncertainties, but we are running certainly. We're fighting carefully. We're not preaching in uncertain terms. We're not dealing with uncertain truths, nor are we living in uncertain times. He who knows the scripture knows the times, and it is certain that Jesus is soon to return. Our Lord and our Savior will come and catch his waiting, watching bride away. There's too much at stake to be wasting time and energy. We have a purpose to pursue on this earth and in this race. Let us magnify the scriptures Let us testify of the Savior. Let us glorify the Lord, edify the saints, and notify the sinners. There is also a place to avoid. It calls for preparation. 
in this race. Verse 27, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. May we subdue our passions. Be the slave driver. Be that one who brings our passions into subjection. The athlete who runs in the race or who fights in the fight, he must give himself to great preparation before, during, and after the games. It calls for the right direction, the right diet, the right discipline, the right dress, the right deeds, and the right desire if we would be a contender. We are running and fighting for the glory of another, for the glory of our Lord. And of course, these contestants in this analogy, they were running for the glory of their homeland. Now, brethren, think of the last thought here, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. In the race, there's the possibility for rejection. It's not dealing with salvation, but rather our place in service. To be a castaway means to be disapproved, means to be rejected as one who is worthless because he has disqualified himself from the race. I do not want to be disqualified in the race today and find myself disapproved at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul was aware of this danger, and he exhorted the saints, keep under your body. Strive lawfully if you would be crowned. Be legitimate. Stay with the rules of the contest. Walk by the scriptures. Live by the book. Every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. We thank you for making this ministry a part of your day. And in closing, we want to point you to the words of our Lord in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4. He answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And truly it is written. God's word, every word, presents us with truths to live by. You've been listening to Brother Benjamin Cooley. Please send all correspondence to Truths to Live By, P.O. Box 575, Harriman, Tennessee, 37748. Or you can email us at bmarkcooley at gmail.com. And finally, brethren, pray for us.